0: want to start out today by sharing a story with you. <clears throat> um, just a few years before my father was born, um, I would say around that time an American sub, the USSS four was running a training mission. And uh, as it began to the, the sub as it began to surface, um, a big Coast Guard our US Coast Guard destroyer uh, rammed right into the, the side of it on accident. Um, and the sub actually um, quickly sank and uh, just outside the Cape Cod uh, Bay and the Coast Guard was sent to see what they could do to possibly save and, and uh, rescue these, these sailors. And so they dispatched some divers to go down to the hull of the submarine and um, find out whatever they could do. And as the divers swam around the sub, um, you could You could hear one innovative uh, sailor who had gotten a hammer, and um, he was knocking on the hull from the inside in in Morris code and he was sending a message to anybody who might be out there to maybe help them and uh in Morris code, his message was Is there any hope? Is there hope? That's one of the fundamental questions of life. Oftentimes, we go through phases and we find ourselves asking that question. And every time I think of, is there any hope, it brings back Uh, A movie that I thought was dumb, but funny, but dumb, or dumber. (laughs) And uh, you guys have seen it all, the bowl haircut and the buck teeth, and he asked the good-looking girl we got any chance of hooking up. And what are the odds? And she says, oh, it's um, maybe one in a million. (laughs) And he says, so you're telling me I got a chance. But that's funny, but oftentimes this question is asked in all seriousness. Um, And it's asked every day by thousands of people in thousands of different ways and I just can't even imagine being a doctor and the number of times when they have to give a diagnosis throughout the day. And, um, and oftentimes they're, they're asked that question, is there, is there any hope? I'll never forget mom and dad when they were terminally ill. Um, listening intently for anything uh, that was remotely close to being something I could put my hope in something that I could just hang on to and something, you know, that's, that's, I'll never forget that. Or maybe after you've leveraged all of the equity in your house and um, maxed out all of the credit cards and I can imagine your worst day of the month is sitting down to do and face the bills that you can't pay. Uh, And you begin to ask that same question, is there hope? When a couple has put Months and months and maybe even years into marriage counseling uh, and and counselors sitting there and getting nowhere. And they're thinking in their minds and perhaps even voicing it to one another. Is there hope? Is there hope? They say you can go 40 days without food. I haven't tried that. Um, Three days without water. 8 minutes without air but you can't go a single minute without hope not and truly live hope is is an essential part of our life and we need it a professor at cornell University did a study on the effects of hope on humans. And he studied 25,000 prisoners of war over an extended period of time to see what hope did to them, what, what difference it made in them. And there was this one group of men that stood out, that the experience of being a POW uh, actually had no effect whatsoever on them. It was like, in spite of all of the brutality, in spite of all of the torture, in spite of all of the solitary confinement, uh, or or all kinds of, I can't even imagine, the inhumane abuse that they took, there was no post-traumatic stress syndrome. They didn't get ill. They didn't have flashbacks. They just handled it, and then they went on with their life. And he went back and he studied that group and the one common denominator that was extraordinary high level of hope. Hope makes the difference in this world today, hope. At the conclusion of the study, he said, when a man has hope, he's capable of bearing incredible burdens and cruel punishment. But when hope is gone, people, he said, just fall apart physically, mentally, mentally spiritually. Today, there are many of you under the sound of my voice, whether you're here in this building or you're watching online, that are just like that sailor, and you're hammering Morse code on the side of the sub, and you're saying, is there any hope? Is there any hope? Before we go any further, let's just all bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. I want to pray. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would help me today um, (laughs) uh, move past my inabilities, um, move past my ignorance, um, move past my not being as prepared as I should be, move past all of that, God, and I pray that you would somehow take whatever it is that that we have here today, your word, and that you would um, place it on good soil, place it in their heart in a way that um, they'll, they'll, they'll see growth, they'll see uh, spurts of growth, and, and they'll, they'll consume this word, God. Those people that are here today that are saying, asking that very question, is there any hope? I pray, God, that you would somehow find a, a, a root in their heart, this word, today. And I pray it in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. 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 I guess the question is there any place that I can go to, any place that I can depend on, any place that I can count on when I'm facing a crisis in my life? And, and where, where do I find hope? And some of us um, will go, and I, I know Crystal does this often. She'll, if there's something that's, that you know, we're watching on TV and you know, somebody's passed away, and she'll go looking on Google, and who was that? You know, or she'll, She checks out Google for almost everything. Um, so, um, I was faced with a a bit of a crisis. I had some inflammation in my hands and I said, well, if she can do it, I can do it. So I went out and checked it out, found this stuff called heal and soothe. And I promise you, I thought it was a gimmick uh, because as soon as I clicked on it, it, it it gave me a free bottle. It said, I'll give you a free bottle if you just want to check it out. And I clicked, yep, I'll get a free bottle. And then as soon as you click, yep, and then, boom, well, you can get three more bottles for blah, 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 blah. And it just it went on. It made me say no 15 times before I got out of it. But it gave me the free bottle. So I took this free bottle. And I promise you, I had no expectation of anything But they tell you to boost it the first time you take it. You take three in the morning, three in the afternoon, and that boosts it. And then when you get past the boosting of it, then you can just take one in the morning one in the afternoon. So I took three the first morning, and I promise you, by the end of the afternoon, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this with my hands, and I'm like, whoa, what is going on? I was getting some relief. I actually went to bed that night and... I woke up the next morning and with this on my mind. Why in the world do I go to every length checking out, every, checking out Google? I'm the pastor of a church and I didn't even ask God to help me. I didn't even think to ask God to help me with my hands and with, with this inflammation. Sometimes we'll go anywhere and we completely... We do our own thing and we don't even go to God. Now listen to me. Here's where you're going to tune me out right here. Because you already know my answer to this question. So your mind is already, right now, as I'm talking, trailing off. And that's okay. That's okay. You're not in enough pain yet. You haven't suffered enough yet from doing it your way. You've got more pain to endure here yet, so you can trail off. But for those of you who are so stinking tired of hurting, for those of you that, that are, are so done with the suffering, you're so done with the crying and the fighting, you're so done with taking control of things yourself, you're so done with doing it your way, I'm gonna ask you, I'm gonna ask you to listen intently to what God wants to say to you today. Not just hear it, not just hear it today, but maybe for the very first time to act on it, to actually swallow it, swallow the word of God whole today and digest it completely and let it finally give you some hope and some change for your life and for your marriage and for your family, for your finances, instead of spitting it out and turning back to your own ways again. In Romans chapter 15, verse 13, I want you to pay close attention to this because it's now I'm reading God's word. It's not something just from me. It's God's word. It says, may God, the source, everybody say the source. source. May God, the source of hope, fill you with joy and peace through your faith in him. This is where it starts. People start tuning, losing viewers, the whole thing, but let Let them go, let them go. But you guys, you stay with me. Let that scripture that I just read, God's word, soak in for just a second. It says right there, plain as day, God is the source of your hope. We look in so many places, but it's right there, you you find hope in God. You, You didn't just stumble on some hope here today. It's the goldmine of hope. Um, uh, God is the, the source of the hope today. Yes, yes. Tap in today. You, you, you've hit the source of hope. What, what do I mean by tap in? God says here, as you put your faith in him, as you, as you tap in, as you, that's how you do it. As you put your faith in him, he gives you peace and joy and hope. He says, hey, tap in. Then, then, You will overflow with hope. God says in Psalms, Psalm 52, 9, He says, In your name I will hope, for your name is good. How do you put hope in a name? And you need to understand that the names meant so much more in those days than they do today. Today, um, you know, we just named Devin, Dustin. Well, that sounds cool. Let's go with it. That's true. We, we just like the way it sounds, but the ancient cultures in, in the Hebrew days, uh, they, they would choose a name because of what it meant, because of what it described. Um, your name was usually the definition of your character. You were, you were given a name that matched who you were. When God chose to reveal himself to the Hebrew nation, he used Hebrew terms to describe himself in the Bible. God calls himself by so many different Hebrew names. Each one of those names is a description of his character. Each one of those names is a promise to you and I. For instance, one time God used the Hebrew name Jehovah Shalom and all that means is I'm the God of peace. I'm the God of peace. If you want some real peace of mind, he's saying, hey, you can come to me for that. You can come to me. Another name, we sang about it just today, Jehovah Jireh. That means I'm the God who provides. Hey, you can count on me. I provide. And God says in so many ways you got a need? Hey, you can, you can you can come to me. You got a need? You, you got another need? You can come to me. Another one? You can come to me. You can come, you got another, you got a different kind? of need? You can come to me. At the end of the book of Ezekiel, God gives us one of his names one more that I want to talk about today, and he says that I am Jehovah Shammah. In Hebrew, that means I am the God who is always there. Always there. There is no place that God isn't. There is no place that you will go that God isn't there. God has been in your past no matter where that's been, no matter how evil that was or how good that was, or no matter who was there or who wasn't there. God was there in your past. No matter how uh, bad the situation was, he was there. And today, whatever the situation is that you're going through, even now, he's in your present, he's right here today. He's always with you. He'll be with you in the future as well. He's in the good times, the bad times. He's in the good places, the evil places. He's everywhere. This understanding right there has profound implications on where you can find hope, doesn't it? There are so many things in life, uh, so many people that I can't count on, and I'm just gonna say I'm gonna include myself in that. So much I can't trust, there's so much uncertainty. So So I wanna share with you just a few anchors of hope for your life, things that you can count on, things that when you're going through the storm, that no matter what happens, there's gonna be hope. The first one, I've already mentioned it, he's always with you. Isaiah 41.10, I want you to listen closely to his word. It says, don't worry because I am with you. How many of us can say that we go through, often through a day without worry? He says, don't worry because I am with you. Don't be afraid because I am your God. I will make you strong. I will help you. I will support you. You got him in your corner. That's right. I'll never forget just a few months ago, um, Dan Camp. How many know Dan? Sarah, you know him. Um, Dan came in as he was dropping off his kids at the preschool. And if you know, Dan, he can take any situation. It could be funny and he'll make it funnier. It could be as serious as I'll get out and he'll make it funny. He, he will bring levity to anything. Sometimes it's awkward It's like, Dan, not now, not now. But he, he comes in this day. And on this day, Dan looked at me square in the face and I could tell there was nothing funny. It was, it was, it was serious stuff. He had just taken his kids, his family to the beach. And he was telling me this story. He said, said, Steve, um, I was on the beach, and I, I looked out, and I saw my son um, going off in a tide. And he said, I'm a good swimmer. I, you know, I took off after him, and he starts taking off after him to find him, to get him, I should say. And, and he's swimming with everything he's got. He's swimming, and he's swimming, and he's swimming and he's trying with everything he can to reach his son. And it got to the point that he, had, he was like out of gas. He was completely drained. He, couldn't, he felt like he couldn't go any further. And he began to think, is my son going to die right before my eyes? And he, he, he goes on as much as he can a little bit further. And somehow... Somehow he gets to his son, but by that time he's like, I have no energy. Like, I I don't even know how I'm going to stay up myself, much less, you know, drag my kid with me. And he told me, he says, the only thing that I could think of was that my dad told me go sideways in a riptide. He said, that's the only thing I had. And somehow he he gets his son back to the shore after fighting and fighting and fighting. And when he gets there, he's completely drained. And he turns around and he looks back out and two more of his kids start floating off into the riptide. And he looked at Sarah, he told me, and he said, Sarah, give me some help. I can't do this myself. I can't do it. Give me some help. And he gets back out into the water and he told me that he cannot remember, he can't think of or see himself or what happened from that moment on. But both his children are back here safe. Both his children. Listen to me, don't worry because I am with you, God says. Don't be afraid because I am your God. You know what? I will make you strong. I, I will assist you. I will help you. I will support you. The good news is regardless of your situation today, where you find yourself, regardless of what happens, you and I don't have to go through it alone. There is a God who will be with us. He is with you now, even now. That's a, listen to me now. That's a certainty of life right there. You can hold on to that right there. He is with you. But let me tell you something. It's your choice. It's your choice to hold on to that. It's your choice to believe that. But when you take hold of that certainty, you holding on to hope, if you will, that's what you're holding on to when you take that certainty. Some of you have heard the story of a man an experienced climber, and something somehow went wrong, and he's dangling off the side of this cliff, about to lose his grip, and suddenly a rope appears out of nowhere. We've heard this story before, and I'm just gonna cut to the chase and say, listen to me about this one. The rope does not do that guy any good until he lets go of the cliff that he's hanging on to. I hope you're hearing that. That rope does him absolutely no good until he lets go of everything he knows, until he lets go of the, all the ways that he's doing it, all taking control of him, himself, his and he grabs hold of that rope. Listen, he can stare at that thing. He can think about it, but he doesn't have hope until he lets go from his ways of doing things and he grabs hold of the rope. I'm talking about, listen to me, I'm talking about the source here. Grab hold of the certainty of life. Believe it and know that God is here with you right now in the middle of the circumstances that you find yourself in today. And only then, and only then can you have hope. There are lots of things in this life that are uncertain. It's a sad fact that people will leave you. Friends and family will will take off, may decide to take off, or, or may have passed away. But a certainty of life is that God will never leave you. He will never leave you. The fear of abandonment, is one of the greatest causes of hopelessness in our lives. That, that feeling that, you know what, I, I, I'm going to be deserted, I'm going to be forsaken, I'm going to be uh, left alone with nobody to help me. And the truth is that God will never leave you, he will never forsake you, and that's his word. You, I've stood at too many grave sites and too many funerals and seen the hopeless glare in a loved one's eyes. Or someone whose spouse has just, Deserted them, or someone who has just lost their job or a couple who's just about to lose their home or or, or a parent whose child has taken off and left as as that feeling of how how in the world can I go on how how am I going to make this thing? how am I going to do it and some of you know exactly that hopeless feeling all too well today. And for some reason, you won't accept the fact that God, the creator of everything, has never left you. He will not forsake you, not even for a minute, not even for a minute. And he will be with you through it all, no matter what, no matter what. Let's look at Psalm 32, eight. It says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and I will watch over you. Look at this. He's not just gonna be with you. He's gonna show you the way. Crystal and I went to Israel um, back a few years ago and I'm telling you, you know, what an incredible trip. But if I hadn't had a guide, if we hadn't had a tour guide, we would have missed everything. We would, it, would have been, it would have been useless for us to go because we wouldn't have known where to go. And here's, here's what God's saying. He says, look, I'm the creator. I'm the creator of this stuff. I'm the creator of you. I'll give, I'm guiding you. I'll guide you. I'll guide you. There's hope for you there. Lamentations chapter three. Listen to this. This is word of God. I have hope. I have hope. When I think of this, the Lord's love never ends. His mercies never stop. They are new every morning. <laughs> you talk about hope, grab hold of that verse. Nothing can ever stop God from loving me. Nothing. Nothing. Look at the last phrase there. God's mercies are new every morning. Many of us look back in our lives and say, my gosh, I, man, I blew that. I, I, I really wish I hadn't done that one. We, we feel hopeless because we feel like we've already messed things up. We've already gone too far. We, we've already messed it up too bad. And the Bible says, oops, no, uh-uh. New day. Steve, you get some more mercy It says that God gives us a new and a fresh start every morning. And I need that. I need that. I personally need to find my hope in that right there. My golfing buddies call that a mulligan. (laughs) Only you get one every day. It's incredible. The second anchor of hope we have today I want to tell you about is his purpose or his process is working in you. We listen to me, we need to trust his purpose. We need to trust his process. No matter what's happening in my life, the good, bad or ugly, God's purpose and his process is working in me. When you have a problem and you don't understand why and you ask that question, why why is this stuff? Why is this thing happening to me? Why? Kind of studying on this right now, I was talking to somebody this week, I think it was... um, Samantha. I'm looking square at her and I couldn't think of her name. I was talking to Samantha about it this week. I'm doing some studying on this and I'm I'm not gonna go into this, but I just wanna share a thought with you. But in my study, I, I I find it really cool, really neat, the correlation... The the similarities, the the attributes and the correlation in in, in God's, in all of God's creations. So just a quick thought, and I'll move on. Just know that, now I'm going to say this word, through, through, through your troubles, through the storm that you're in, through the obstructions, the things that get in your way, through um, the muck and through the mire, through adversity, through the process, comes growth. Comes growth. You see, it's only, listen close, it's only when a seed is buried, when it's covered when it's under the mud, when it's covered by manure, when the junk's happening, only when the seed is buried that all of a sudden it takes root. It's only when it's buried. It doesn't take root when it's not buried. It's only when it's buried that it takes root. And soon you'll see it breaks through the ground and there's growth. Breaking through the adversity that is the ground. And I just think that it's cool that God in all of his creation somehow seems to share his process and his purpose with us as human beings. Some of you are feeling buried right now with adversity on every side and God's trying to tell you I'm working on you. My process, I'm working on you. He's looking for growth here. I'm working on you. I have a purpose for you, even when the situation bad. I know it looks bad, uh, even when you you don't feel it, Even, even when it doesn't make sense. Let's look at the next verse. Very profound verse in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Many of you could probably quote it. We know that God causes all things to work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. This is such a significant verse, in, at least in my life, and I just want to break it down for you real quick. Um, and notice first, it doesn't say, um, All things work out the way I want them to work out. It doesn't say all things have a happy ending on earth. Look, reality teaches us all better than that. Not every patient gets well and not every married couple lives happily ever after. Not every business idea you make a million bucks on and not every problem is resolved. So, so we know that all things don't end happy. We know that. So what does it say? It says, we know that God causes all things to work together for good. We know, not we wish, not, not, not we imagine, not we desire, not, not we just have this positive thinking thing going on, not that, it just says we know. It's a certainty, we know. Some of us need to get that certainty in our head. We know, we know. Hope is not the same as optimism. It's not the, the, the conviction that, oh, it's, 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 it's gonna work out okay. But the hope that I'm talking about today is a certainty that's, it's, 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 you know what? It's gonna be just as exactly as it should. Regardless of how it looks, regardless of how it feels, regardless of how it turns out. Breaking it down just a little bit more, what do we know? We know that God causes, the creator of all things, the designer of the universe has a plan. It's not just fate. It's not just a chance. It's not luck or anything like that. Yes, we make mistakes. We make mistakes. And many of them, but I'm going to tell you something, God can roll with your mistakes. He, he can turn your nightmare that you're in right now into a beautiful reality. And he never makes mistakes. Moving on. We know God, we know that God causes all things to work together for good. All things. What does that include? Are you telling me that includes, does that include cancer? Does, does that include illness? Does that include unemployment? Does that include divorce? Does that include a miscarriage? Does that include uh, all my failures? Does that include that freak accident that nobody can explain? Does that include the stupid things and decisions that I make in my life? Yes, absolutely yes. Everything fits into God's, listen to me, everything fits into God's plan, the good, the bad, and the indifferent. The things that I do, the things that I don't do, the things that I control, the things that I don't control. All things work together for good. Notice it doesn't say all things are good. Also, it doesn't say God causes all things. We know, listen, God does not cause rape and war and famine and and poverty and leukemia. God is incapable of sin. But it does say that God causes all things to work together for good, together. Work together. It's kind of like baking a cake. You've got to have some flour. You've got to have some raw eggs and some Crisco. Like I know how to make a cake. Um, um, You got to have sugar. I know sugar's in there. They tell me that's not good. Um, um, That's probably the only thing I would eat. Uh, But anyway, uh, salt is in there, and and vanilla is in there. These all these different things. But if you took a big bite of flour, you go, ugh, that's nasty. Or you take a big old bite of Crisco. Nah, that'd be horrible. Almost none of those ingredients that I just mentioned on their own taste good. You may be here today asking, why is this thing happening to me today? Not all things in your life are good. But the Bible says they all work together for good. When those elements are put together just like in the elements of a cake, whoa, now now that, is good. The girls were talking at work the other day about a German chocolate cake, and I'm like, oh my God, that's my favorite. I love uh, no offense to Snooks and to uh, deerbergs and all that. I love a homemade German chocolate cake. Anybody who agrees with me there? Anybody else? Man! I love German chocolate cake, and if I get some, I'm sharing it with Steve and my wife, because they said amen. Oh, you then? That was you. That's right. She don't like coconut. See, there's benefits of backing me up here. But God wants to take all the elements. Listen to me, all the elements, the flour. All the elements, all the distasteful, all of the, the bitter, and he wants to work it all together for good. That's what he wants to do. I can't think of anything more distasteful, more painful, more horrifying than the crucifixion. And only God could bring something as wonderful as salvation for you and I out of something so miserable. Finally, on the breakdown Notice the qualifier in this profound verse, this great promise, that this promise is not for everybody. It's a promise for those who love God. It's a promise for those that want a relationship with God, for those who who live according to his purpose. In Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, we quote this a lot. It says, I have good plans for you, not plans to hurt you, I will give you hope and a good future. You know what God's saying here is, is, is you need to trust me. I got, I got plans for you. I got good stuff for you. You need to trust me. Grab the rope. Grab hold of the rope. I, I know that's not in your plans. I, I get that. I, I know that that's not your plans, but it's my plan. That's what he's telling us today. It's my plans for hope and future. My final anchor today of hope is God's place is waiting for you as the worship team gets ready. When things get unbearable in your life, you need to remember this, that our, listen to me, our ultimate hope is heaven. The Apostle Paul said, if all our hope is just here on this earth, we, we should be pitied. That's right. but, but there's more to life than, than just the here and the now. Notice what Jesus says himself in John chapter 14. He says, don't be troubled. You trust in God, now trust in me. I am going to prepare a place for you. Jesus Christ says that heaven, listen to me, heaven is a place, not a state of mind. It's not like you know some kind of nirvana or, or nothingness where you just float around uh, bodiless and spiritless. It's a real place. And, 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 and God says, I am going to prepare that place for you. Heaven is a place of relief and release. And the Bible talks about just, you just can't even imagine. You can't even, it's gonna be different for all of us, but for all of us, it's gonna be unimaginably great. No fear, we know that. No pain, no, no conflict, no, no more troubles, no more problems. The Bible says he will wipe away all tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying, nor pain. All that is gone forever. That gives us the greatest reason of all right there for hope. Shall we stand? There's only, I'm 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 gonna, sh- say this and I need you while you're standing to still stay focused in, there's only one place that you can get that, that kind of hope. And that's in a relationship with Jesus Christ. The one who suffered and died for your sins then rose from the tomb three days later. And if you're feeling hopeless today about anything, about anything in your life, Listen to me closely. You've forgotten just how much God cares about you, just how much he loves you. He died for you. The Bible says in Isaiah 46, listen, I have upheld you since you were conceived. And I have taken care of you from your birth. Even when you are old, I'll be the same. Even when your hair has turned gray, I'll take care of you. I made you, and I'll take care of you. I'll carry you, and I'll save you. Can you compare me to anyone? No one is equal to me or like me. What a God we have today. Maybe you have felt trapped in a hopeless marriage. You've tried everything that you can, and it's going nowhere. Maybe you have felt trapped in a hopeless job hopeless health situation or your finances are hopeless. What do you do? God's word today, what he wanted me to share with you is you need to remember Jehovah Shammah. God who is always And he he loves you more than you can imagine. If you find yourself today in seemingly a hopeless situation, I want you to just please stop right now. Whatever you're thinking, whatever's going on for the rest of the afternoon, I want you, if you find yourself in that situation, please stop whatever you're thinking right now and listen to what the word of God has for you right now. Right now. Here's the word of God for you Today. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Those who hope in the Lord, they will soar on wings like eagles. Those who hope in the Lord, they will run and not grow weary. Those who hope in the Lord, they will walk and not faint. Place your faith in that God. Grab hold of the rope, so to speak. There is no situation that is hopeless. Listen to me, God, the source, the very source of hope is always